the word today. Adonai, we thank you for your presence here today. Uh, we thank you that uh, you are faithful and true to your word. You tell us that where two or three are gathered together, you are in their midst, God, and we have sensed your presence, Lord, and we know that uh, you have more that you want to speak to us through this message today. And God, we pray that you would give us ears to hear uh, what your Ruach would say. God, I pray for uh, continued work and transformation in our lives, uh, that this word would not just go in one ear and out the other, but it really would take root in our hearts and our lives, God, that we would live it out and we would see change as a result. We thank you that your word is powerful, God, and active, and, uh, and it can accomplish everything you have ordained it to do uh, as long as we apply it and walk in it. So give us grace to do that, and we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. So today we are concluding our series on conquering giants by tackling the giant of discouragement. Now, we realize that there are many other giants that we each face in life, and you may be saying, oh, wow, I I was wishing you would do this one. But the reality is that we feel that the principles that we have gleaned from the scriptures the past month uh, will help us to conquer the giant, no matter what it may be in our life. These principles apply to any giant, any obstacle that is standing in our way. And one thing I pray that you have learned from this series is that there will always be giants to face in life. The enemy will do whatever he can to stop God's plans and purpose in your life. And we must recognize this fact. We have quoted so many times the words of Yeshua, which said that the enemy, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What does he come to kill, steal, and destroy? God's plan, purpose, and promise in your life and my life in this congregation. We have talked about fear. We talked about doubt. We talked about anxiety because we felt that these are big issues that many people face. And discouragement falls into that same category. When people give in discouragement, it, like these other giants, can make us, uh, can immobilize us. And isn't that what happened to King Saul and the army of Israel? They were immobilized by by Goliath. So the question that we need to keep in our hearts is not, will I face a giant? But what am I going to do when the giant comes knocking on my door? Once again, David is the person that we want to exemplify. We want to follow his example and how he defeated Goliath. Our text for this story, uh, for this series, has been the story of David and Goliath, which takes place in Shmuel, all of 1 Samuel 17. But I want us to look at something that took place in the previous chapter, just as a backdrop to the message today. So, looking at Shmuel, all of 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 10 through 13. Yeshai, or Jesse, presented seven of his sons to Shmuel. But Shmuel told Yeshai, Adonai has not chosen these. Are all your sons here? Shmuel asked Yishai. He replied, there is still the youngest. He's out there tending the sheep. Shmuel said to Yishai, send and bring him back because we won't sit down to eat until he gets here. He went and brought him in. With ruddy cheeks, red hair, and bright eyes, he was a good-looking fellow. Adonai said, stand up and anoint him. He's the one. 
Shmuel took the horn of oil, anointed him there in his brother's presence. And from that day on, the spirit of Adonai would fall upon David with power. And Shmuel went out and returned to Ramah. Why is this incident important to the topic of conquering discouragement? What took place here in chapter 16 is David is anointed to be king of Israel. Okay? His brothers were right there. They witnessed what took place. Yet he is still a shepherd taking care of his father's sheep. When he, can't, when he came to the battlefield, his brothers didn't treat him with respect. In fact, it was quite the opposite, as we'll see here in a second. Perhaps like Yosef's brothers, they were jealous. Remember, Shmuel went from one to the next to the next and said, this one is not the one. So they could have felt this sense of, well, why was he chosen and not, not me? We don't really know, but what we do know is that David was not bummed out because he, others did not treat him with respect. He was not discouraged because he was still tending sheep. And we don't find him bemoaning to Adonai because Shaul is still king and he is left in the background. And, his, uh, and through this, we can see that he overcame any attempt of discouragement. And that is one of the reasons why he was in, enabled to defeat Goliath. Of course, this was not the same for King Saul and the army of Israel. And if we were to go through the life of David, we could see that uh, Saul remained king for, for some time, and there was a conflict that, between him and David, and yet David never gave in to discouragement. He overcame that giant. And looking in our text in 1 Samuel 17, Verses 10 and 11, this is when Goliath came out, and David has not shown up onto the scene yet, and he says to, to Saul and to the army, I challenge Israel's army today. Give me a man, and we'll fight it out. When Shaul and all Israel heard these words of the Pilistee, they were shaken and terrified. Now, we know that this went on for 40 days. Could you imagine waking up every morning to hear this giant bellowing out his demands for someone to fight. Can you picture how the men of Israel would be huddled uh, huddled together? I could hear them whispering, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? No one wants to go fight this giant. There had to be a sense of hopelessness and despair, which would give place to discouragement. Think about it. Not even their king or the bravest of their soldiers were willing to rise up to the occasion. And they knew who that person was. You, it's, you always know who the person is that's the bravest, the biggest, the strongest. You know, in kindergarten, I broke my wrist, and we were making butter. And, you know, they, so our teacher brought in a jar with the cream, and we had to shake it, right? Well, I couldn't shake it because my wrist was broken. So I had to choose someone to, to shake the butter uh, jar so I chose the strongest person, which happened to be another girl. <laughs> she was the strongest and toughest in the class. So you always know who that person is. So those soldiers are sitting there saying, why isn't he going out? He's our strongest, our best. He's defeated so many other people. Why is he afraid? And again, giving in to discouragement. The word used here in the Hebrew for shaken is the word chatat. And it's often translated as discouraged or dismayed. And the root of this meaning is to prostrate or meaning to break down. So it gives us the understanding that discouragement is meant to break us down and to make us give up. And two friends of discouragement are despair and depression. What do these things look like? 
I wanted to share a definition from one of the articles I was reading about discouragement. It said it was a feeling of despair in the face of obstacles or a state of distraught and loss or a sense of enthusiasm, drive, or discourage. It really is a lack of courage. Discourage means you have no courage. Then the article went on to give the following signs of discouragement. And I realize this is not an exhaustive list, but I just want to expose this giant in our lives so that we can conquer it. It said unresolved disappointments. This comes from expectations you have, either of God or others, and those expectations are not met, and then you're disappointed, and that disappointment can lead, uh, lead to discouragement. You feel nobody is listening to you. It gives you the impression that they don't care. And this even includes God. You could be crying out to God and feel he's not answering. And these are signs of being discouraged. Constant criticism from both others and from yourself. Sometimes we are our own worst critic, right? When your best is unappreciated, others don't say thank you or appreciate what you've said or done. Constant comparison. You're always comparing yourself unfavorably to other people and who they are, what they're doing, and what they may have. You know, it's always, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. So you think that, you know, the other person has a better life than you. All the single people want to be married. All the married people want to be single, right? We all are looking to what, you know, what the other person has. Oh, being single, they have a free, they can do whatever they want. Oh, look, being married, they have someone with them. Whatever it is, we all look and compare ourselves, and the comparison all is almost always unfavorably. We think the other person's life is better than ours. This causes discouragement. Unanswered prayer. You feel or think that you can't please God. Sleeplessness, restlessness, complacency, or loss of, uh, loss of motivation. Negative thoughts. Now, last week, Rabbi Michael spoke extensively about our thoughts, and I'm going to talk about this a little later as well. Uh, but my uh, daughter and I were in the car with Michael yesterday, and we were driving, and we was talking about the message last week, uh, which I know didn't get uploaded yet. Randy's out of town, and I ran out of time, but I'll try to get that uploaded this weekend. Um, but Rabbi Michael talked about uh, our thoughts and controlling our thoughts, and he shared the scripture from Philippians. And in the car, we were talking about it. If all of us would have applied that one thing from Philippians, think about whatsoever is good, pure, lovely, of good report, wow, our lives will be changed and transformed, right? So negative thoughts bring on discouragement into, into our lives. And as I said, this giant is real, and it can do some serious damage in our lives if we tolerate it. One writer said, there are three things that make discouragement such a powerful weapon that the enemy uses. First, it's universal. None of us are immune to discouragement. Yes, even your rabbis. We, we get discouraged at times. Everyone faces discouragement. Number two, it's recurring. We need to talk about the chicken pots, right? Being discouraged once does not mean you're immune to that disease. You can get discouraged over and over again. In fact, you can get discouraged that you keep getting discouraged. It's a recurring thing. And the third thing that makes this such a, a formidable giant is that it's highly contagious. Discouragement spreads by even casual contact, and people can become disheartened because you are discouraged. 
And you can be bummed out because other people are discouraged. So you can see how this uh, giant can get a foothold in all of our lives. And many of us are like King Shaul in the army of Israel. We have been listening to this giant of discouragement for a long time. Forty days they were listening to Goliath. Some of you, it's been years. But I want to tell you today, say to your neighbor today, Today, we are exposing the schemes of the evil one so that these things will no longer control or define who you are or where you are headed. We are giant slayers, and today we are going to hear the giant of discouragement fall hard to the ground. Think about it. David faced discouraging thoughts and words that were constantly being spoken to him in this story about Goliath. Look at what his brother Eliab said in verse 28. When he heard David speaking to the men, it made Eliab angry. He asked, why did you come down here? With whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? Okay, that there is a derogatory remark made to make him feel small and little, those few sheep. In other words, what you're doing is such an insignificant thing, caring for a few sheep. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You just came down to watch the fighting. Again, negative thoughts meant to make David shrink back and fall into discouragement like, what am I doing here? Didn't just come from his brothers. It even came from King Saul. Look in verse 33. Shaul said to David, you can't go fight this Pilistee. You're just a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. What would have happened if David had listened to King Saul? What would have happened if he had listened to his brother? And it didn't just stop with there. The giant himself spoke and taunted David with these words. Am I a dog? Is that why you're coming at me with sticks? Do you hear what he's saying? He's looking at David. David's not a warrior. David has no armor on him. He's coming out and... and, The giant is looking like, is this the best that you have to give to me? And he said, again, comparison, what, you're sending out a little stick here? What is this? I'm a warrior. I'm a giant. I'm asking you to send me your best, and you send me this? And the Pilistee said to David, come on over here so I can give your flesh to the birds in the air and to the wild animals. Do you see how discouragement was trying to overwhelm David? These words were meant to demoralize him and to ultimately immobilize him so he would not step into his destiny as a giant slayer. The enemy has no new tactics. You need to know that his strategy against you and me today is the same. Words will be spoken, whether it's through the mouths of others or the thoughts in our own minds, and those words will be meant to discourage, disappoint, and depress us, and all with a purpose of trying to stop us from pursuing Adonai and believing in his promises for our life. Friends, discouragement will prevent you from stepping in to your destiny. It will cause you to give up. It will torment you. It will uh, isolate you. It will make your life miserable. It will steal hope from you. And friends, I say it is time to slay this giant. Let's go after discouragement today. Amen? And how are we going to do that? Once again, we're going to look at what David did, and we're going to apply these principles in our life. And if discouragement is not something you're facing, and if there's another giant you have, again, take these principles and apply it to that giant as well. The first thing is we need to resist the lies. 
This does not mean that we're denying there's a giant in front of us. We're not ignoring the elephant in the room, so to speak. But it does mean that we're making a choice. My husband mentioned this in his message, and again, we were talking about, I think, this morning. You know, when it comes to the principles of God's word, it really comes down to our making a choice. I remember going through cleansing stream, uh, you know, when we first brought it into the congregation. I went through it three or four times as we introduced it in things. And so in my notes, I use a different colored pen every time, you know, just taking new notes. But one of the things that are written all over all my notes is the word choice, 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 choice. It's a choice. We have a choice. We think that these thoughts that come into our head, we just have to listen to them. We think, that we, we think that we just have to tolerate and put up with these things. Friends, you have a choice. That's why God has given you a will. And that will can, uh, with that will, you can choose to apply God's word in your life. So David, he wasn't denying that there was a giant there. He didn't say, what are you all afraid of? There's no giant. But what he did say is, I will not listen to your negative wi- words. I am going to slay this giant today. You see the difference? He didn't deny that there was a problem. He didn't say there's nothing to worry about. He resisted the lies that they were speaking over him, trying to discourage him. What are you doing here? You can never do this. And he rose up and he said, I am a giant slayer, and I am going to conquer this giant today. We are encouraged in the new covenant from Yaakov 4.7. Submit to God. Moreover, take a stand against the adversary. Some translations say resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Another translation says he must flee from you. The giant is not going to go away on his own. We talked about this in, the, in a couple of the, the messages already. You have to resist the lies that say that you cannot conquer this giant, and you have to rise up with that same a spirit of David, and say, I am a giant slayer, and I am going to come against this giant in my life. The second thing you need to do is change what you can change. David didn't listen to the words of other, neither the friends or the enemy, but he also recognized that he couldn't overcome the giant the way that King Saul wanted him to fight. So when the king gave him his armor, David didn't just say, oh, well, I guess I have to wear this and go out and try to defeat this giant with this armor anyway. He knew he had to change that. He knew that that was not the way he was going to defeat Goliath. And again, he had a choice. He said to Saul, I'm not going to take this armor. I can't wear this armor. It's not mine. I've never used it before. This is not how I'm going to defeat this giant. So he changed what he could change. Many of us have been fighting with discouragement and depression for so many months and years, and yet we keep doing the same things, and we don't understand why we're not walking in victory. You know the saying, insanity is what? Doing the same thing and expecting different results. One writer said, you can adopt a change. It was an article I was reading on discouragement. He said, you can adopt a change and approach instead of becoming so discouraged that you quit. Remember, that's what discouragement is meant to do, make you quit. He said, you have a problem in your marriage? If so, don't bail out on your spouse. Change your approach. Adapt a new attitude. Get some help. It's all right to get help. 
It's all right to seek help from a counselor. I've recommended people to counseling a lot. Rebecca helped me put together a list of counselors that I have, and I have it on my computer. So when someone calls me for help and needs some professional help, I give them a list that they can contact. It's okay to get help so that that change can take place in your life, right? Adopt a new author. Get some help. Do you have a problem at your job? Don't give up. Change your priorities. Do you have a problem in your walk with God? This writer was saying, don't stop following Yeshua. Reorganize your schedule so you can meet with him on a regular basis. P.S. Stop here. Free. Not in my notes. One of the biggest reasons why we don't overcome these giants is our connection to Adonai. If you're only meeting with God when you come here on Shabbat, friends, that's not going to cut it. We know that David had a heart after God. We can read through the Psalms and we read that relationship that he had. And yes, he struggles and you can read through the Psalms. You know, he did struggle with discouragement, but he overcame it because he had that relationship with God. And almost without exception, I'd say 99.999999% of the time when someone comes in and they're struggling in things and the first question we ask, how's your devotion? Uh, uh, I, I had last month. Friends, that's a problem because you get strengthened from the word of God. So that was all free. You have to maintain that connection and that we know of David, again, not from this story, but from the whole of the word of God. So make that connection. Plug into the Kehilah, the congregation. Don't be overcome by discouragement, this writer said in this article. Do something about it. And that's what David did. He says, I'm not going to let this giant overcome me. I'm going to do something about it. And I'm not going to do it the way that this person tells me to. Saul says I have to go out with his armor. No, I'm going to change that. I know what I have to do because I know how God has led me before. And so I'm going to change what I can change. And I'm going to go into victory. So the same should be for you and me. The third thing that David did here is he saw what God saw. We need to see what God sees. I want to tell you today that Adonai sees victory for you and me. Hashem saw Goliath falling to the ground in defeat, and David chose to see that. He made declarations of his faith in what he saw through Adonai. That's why he could say in verse 45, You are coming at me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I'm coming at you in the name of Adonai Tzivaot, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have challenged, today Adonai will hand you over to me. He saw what God sees. You need to see what God sees. God sees victory in your life and in my life. God didn't bring us into his kingdom for us to walk around in defeat and always being overwhelmed by life and the giants that we faced. He is with us. He is the mighty one of heaven, Adonai Sivaot. He is the army, the, the captain of the host of army. He goes before us, leading us into victory. But many times we don't see that. We get focused on the giant. We get focused on the problem instead of focused on God. Think about it. In the natural, this matchup between David and Goliath was doomed for failure for David. You know, when the fights were taking place, I don't know if any of you are into fighting. Sometimes my husband likes to watch on Saturday night some of the, the fights taking place and always who's the favorite. And sometimes that favorite is 
like knocked out within the first five seconds. I'm always amazed. It's like, where was this guy at? You know, and, and of course, if you see the pre-fight, they're always, you know, speaking, I would say mouthing off. But you know what I'm saying, right? How they, they're pumping themselves up and, and saying, you know, I'm going to do this and that. And then in five seconds, they're down flat. So it's like, what happened here? Well, in the natural, that's, David looked like he was a goner. And if this fight was taking place today, it would be a buzz on the news the day after. Can you believe what happened? Goliath fell in three seconds. It wasn't even a fight. And for those who paid for the fight, they really get upset. You know, we never pay for a fight. We only watch what's free, right? But uh, that's what would have happened here because this was such a mismatch in the natural. But David didn't look with natural eyes. As we've said before, he didn't see the size of the giant. He saw the power of his God. He understood that God wanted that giant to fall. And that's what you and I need to, do, to, do, to know and to understand, that God wants the giant of discouragement and any other giant you are facing to fall in your life. God was for Israel. He saw the threat of Goliath and the Philistines. Again, he was not caught off guard by what was happening in Israel. His plan was for victory for the nation of Israel, and he found some one who could see what he saw. And that's what God is looking for today. God is always moving. My husband talked about it on Wednesday night. If you don't come to Wednesday night, I want to encourage you. We have uh, great studies here. Our young people were upstairs with me. Uh, Gary's doing trekking through the Torah, and Rabbi Michael is in the study on the book of Esther. And this past week, even though I didn't hear it, I heard afterwards, talked about the God who is invisible. He may be invisible, but he's always working. Okay? And we have to be like Hadassah and we have to be like David who saw what God saw, even though in the natural it seemed like nothing was going on and that nothing could happen to defeat this giant. Hashem wants you to see yourself victorious, the super conqueror that you are. I hope you have that card still. I did find one in the trash can this past week when I cleaned the bathroom, just saying... So someone tossed that, uh, that card there. But super conquerors we are. We have to see ourselves as that. And when we do, we can declare, as the psalmist did, the nations all surrounded me, Tehillim, Psalm 118, in the name of the Lord, what? I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side. In the name of Adonai, I cut them down. They surrounded me like bees, but were extinguished as quickly as a fire in thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. You pushed me hard to make me fall, but Adonai helped me. Adonai is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. The sound of rejoicing and victory is heard in the tents of the righteous. Adonai's right hand struck powerfully. Why could this psalmist say, in the name of the Lord, I cut them down? Because he knew the power of God. He wasn't saying the enemy didn't come against me. Friends, you're going to have an enemy. He's going to come against you. As I said, there's always going to be a giant that's going to be facing you, an obstacle in your way to the destiny that God has for, for your life, for the promises that he wants to bless you with. And what are you going to do about it? Well, you need to rise up as David did, and you need to say, in the name of the Lord, I cut them down because God's power is greater than anything you are facing in your life. 
And in the New Covenant, Rav Shaul declares it this way, But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Amen? Thanks be to God, who gives us victory through our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has given you victory through Yeshua the Messiah. Next thing that ties into this is we need to take action. Verse 46, David says, Today Adonai will hand you over to me. I will attack you, lop your head off, and give the carcasses of the army of the Philistine to the birds in the air and the animals in the land. Then all the land will know that there is a God in Israel. He says, I will attack you. Literally, it means I will destroy you. When it comes to the enemy, we often just let him slap us around and beat us up. As I said, Rabbi Michael shared extensively in his message last week about controlling our thoughts so we can walk in victory. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but how many apply that message to your life this past week? Just saying, right? You have to take action. You have to fight. The word of God is powerful, but it will do you and I no good if we don't apply it in our lives. That's why I prayed what I prayed at the beginning of my message. Every person who ever won a victory over the forces of darkness was a person who stood up and said, enough is enough. It is not easy. It is a battle that we are in. But friends, the victory belongs to us. One of my favorite scenes from the first Lord of the Rings movie is where Gandalf confronts the fire god Belrog, who is chasing this group. (coughs) And he turns to, to him and he declares, you shall not pass. Now, this wasn't the end of Belrog because he actually ends up pulling Gandalf down into the pit with him, and we think all hope is gone until movie two, which now we know this, but then when they first came out, it was like, but in movie two, Gandalf comes and returns having defeated Belrog in the pit. And But there has to be that attitude. I believe this attitude that we see in Gandalf is the same attitude that David had. And so I just want you to see this little video clip here of Gandalf facing Belrog. Can you turn up the sound? So he stood there and he took his staff and he said, you shall not pass. 
And I believe that many of us need to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and we need to take it in our hands, and we need to confront the enemy of hell that is coming in our lives, and we need to say, you will not defeat me. You will not be victorious over me. The power of God Almighty is the power that I come against you, just like David came against Goliath in the name of Hashem. You and I need to rise up with that same spirit within us and say, enough is enough. This demon fire God was chasing them through the caves, and they were running for their lives, and finally Gandalf said, I have the power of God in me. It's the imagery. This is an allegory. And he turned and he said, enough is enough. And he says, you will not pass. Friends, you need to confront the enemy. You need to fight the fight of faith. You need to stand up and say in the face of the enemy who is coming against you to try to discourage you with whatever report you might have heard this week, whether it be in the area of your health, in your finances, whatever the enemy has done to bring discouragement to your heart this week, you need to stand up and say, I come against you in the name of God Almighty, and you will not be victorious in my life. I am an over overcomer. I will fulfill my destiny in God. I will defeat you and any other giant that comes my way because my God is greater. Amen. That's what we see in David. That's the spirit that we need to have. And I really believe that this is a word for this season to fight, to fight the enemy of your soul, to fight the giants that are standing in front of you. I shared with someone in the office this week, it is not by accident, the two series that God has had us in in the last couple of months. The first one was Fighting the Enemy, a two-part series. And now for this past month, conquering the giants in our life. I believe it's because God is encouraging us. Now is the time. It is time to stand up and not tolerate and allow the enemy to slap you around and to beat you up. Friends, you don't have to take it. You know, I, I do this with my daughter sometimes when she's struggling. I'll pull her up and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, I'll start tapping at her and, I, and she pushes me away. I said, why are you doing that? I said, because you don't like it. I said, that's what you need to do to hell. When hell is coming against you, you need to slap him away. You need to use the word of God. Again, the sword of the spear, which is the word of God. And you need to confront hell with the truth of God's word so that you can walk in victory. Amen. And finally, I close with this. Have a sense of urgency. Verse 48 says that when the Philistine got up and approached and came close to David, David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. The connotation of the Hebrew word here is that there was both an urgency in David's action and there was an energy about it. Now, I get it. You know, you don't have to be the loudest in the prayer meeting. And I know the story of Leonard Ravenhill, who was not one who, who spoke loudly. And this was an awesome man of God who, who was devoted to prayer and seeing God move and revival and things. But goodness, people, sometimes we want to put a mirror under your nose and see if you're still alive. You know, are you breathing? You know, think about it. When it comes to to your loved ones or to, again, whatever you are fighting and battling for. We're talking about discouragement. There could be anything. Get up and fight. There's a, there's a spirit within you. Engage it to fight against the forces of darkness. We have said before, and to quote a famous Jewish person, if not now, when? If not me, then who? Who's going to do it? If you're not going to fight for yourself, 
Who's going to fight for you? If you're not going to fight for your family, for your loved ones, for your finances, for your health, who is going to do it? And if you're not going to do it with a sense of urgency, David wasn't going to say, okay, let me go back and, you know, maybe tomorrow I'll come out. Let me, you know, map this out and, and get this whole strategy and, and I'll figure this out. No, he depended upon the name of the Lord and the strength of the Lord. And he went out with an urgency to quickly take care of this. And friends, that is what God is calling you and I to do in this day and hour. Stop tolerating hell beating you up and slapping you around stand up to the forces of darkness stand up to the giants in your life and say enough is enough i have the sword of the spirit i come to you not in my own strength and in my own power but i come to you in the name of god almighty adonai sivaoth the commander of the armies of heaven who today will deliver you into my hands amen God promises victory over and over again. So be decisive. Be decisive in what you're doing. As I said, Adonai has us in a season of encouraging us to engage the enemy. There is work to be done in the kingdom. There are destinies to be stepped into. There are lives to be saved. There are souls to be brought out of darkness. And friends, you are a key to that happening Understand, that day on the battlefield, it was not about David. It was not about David. We can get so focused on who David was and what he did, but the battle was not about David. It was about God's purpose and plans for the nation of Israel, and David was the key player in what God was going to do on that battlefield today because David could see what God see. Uh, could see what God saw, and David was not influenced like the rest of the armies of Israel. But it was not about David. It was about God's plans and purposes. He realized that there was more that Adonai wanted to do for Israel, and he confronted Goliath with that sense of urgency. Friends, you are key to the kingdom of God today. You are important to what Adonai wants to do in this hour Urgent means something needs immediate attention. David knew that Goliath was standing in the way of God's purpose for the nation of Israel, and he was going to do something about it. Discouragement stands in the way of your stepping into God's destiny for your life. It immobilizes you. It, it pulls you down, and you need to rise up today with that same energy and determination that this giant you are facing will no longer torment you or stand in the way of the kingdom of God being manifested through your life. As I said, I shared with someone this week, I'm so tired of seeing the people of God walking in defeat and allowing the enemy to beat them up. Your giants are real, but God is greater. Amen? Life has its challenges and difficulties. My life is no different than yours. It's just my challenges and difficulties are different. But we do not have to allow those challenges to overwhelm us or to control us. Rise up, giant slayers. Rise up, giant slayers. Do you hear what the word of the Lord is saying? Rise up, giant slayer. Fight the fight of faith. Press into victory in your life knowing that it will bring release not just to yourself, 
but to others as well. As I said, David's defeat of Goliath wasn't just a personal victory. It brought freedom to others as well. When you become free, when you defeat the giant in your life, it's going to have a trickle effect that are going to affect other people all around you. Rise up, giant slayer. Conquer the giants in your life. Let's stand to our feet. Hashem, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, you have called us to be giant slayers, God. Lord, I thank you that there is nothing that hell could send to any of us, God, that is greater than who you are. So I pray that for each one of us in this sanctuary today and for those listening to this podcast on the Internet, God, that we would sense Uh, the anointing that you have placed within us, God, and we would stir that up and we would rise up with all of the umption and the energy, God, that we can, just as David did, and we would say to the, uh, the giant of discouragement or whatever giant we might be facing, today, today, you are defeated. Today, God will hand you over to me. God, I thank you for victory that belongs to your children. God, I thank you that you have caused us to walk in victory. And even as we read from Tehillim 1.18, God, that shouts of joy and victory will resound in the tents of the righteous. And God, I pray that the heaven will hear a lot of shouting this week, God. That heaven will hear a lot of joy coming out of this congregation and out of our homes as we confront the giant of discouragement, and any other giant that we might be facing. And I thank you, God, for your promise of victory, God. I thank you for destinies to be fulfilled. God, I thank you, Lord, that there is your kingdom to be established, that there's things that you want to do in this hour, God, and that each one of us here have a part to play, God. So I pray that we would rise up as the giant slayers that you have created us to be and walk in victory. And I thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close with the ironic benediction. I'm going to ask uh, Rena and Adeline and Gary and Myrna to come up. If you need prayer for anything, whether to agree in prayer about a giant you might be facing or anything else, just come up and uh, these four will pray with you uh, after I close with the ironic benediction and Rabbi Michael will minister. Again, if you're a visitor, make sure you take that card to our ushers. They have a gift for you today. And, uh, then uh, prayer in Hebrew later than prayer. So uh, be where you need to be. Then I said to Moshe, speak to Aaron and his sons and tell them this is how you are to bless the people of Israel. You are to say to them, May Adonai bless you and keep you. May Adonai make his face shine on you and show you his favor. May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you peace. May you walk in the peace of God Almighty, and may you slay the giants that are in your life. In Yeshua's name, amen. Come forward if you need prayer. If not, we'll see some of you in Hebrew and others for prayer later. Blessings.